Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. There are two friends residing in Makkah Mukarramah. One thought of moving on to some coastal area, doing some good business there. The friend moved on, would ob- obviously ask, inquire about the homeland, Makkah Mukarramah, how's, how's things going on. After some time, the one in the coastal area heard about in the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made an inquiry. What's going on? What's the latest? He says that the Nabi that's come up, that's what he's saying. And it is just a simple folk, people that don't have any type of a worldly status, poor. They have accepted. Prominent people of the Quraysh haven't yet accepted. So he heard this and he said, let me go down to Makkah Mukarramah personally and see what's going on. He came up to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Rasulullah explained to him about Islam. And there and then, he declared the shahad, Shadu Allah ilaha illallah, wa Shadu Anna Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa wanted to know that why so quickly just heard the message and there was an immediate response. Normally a person takes time to understand the things in place, in perspective, then he takes a step. Here he just heard the kalima and he responded straight away. So he says, see, I have studied the previous scriptures, Torah, Injil, Sabu, and I have seen generally the following of the Anbiya, are the poor people that don't have any status, any recognition in society. And the obvious reason is that those that have got some status, some recognition, some type of recognition in society, and they are concerned about their status, that if you're going to take this step now, then what is the world going to talk? What are they going to say about us? Like it happens this day also, that if it's a wealthy person, then he has to do something at a wedding or at a funeral. The person that is poor, he doesn't, got anything, has, doesn't have anything to fall back. He will just have a simple procedure and carries on. And this person has to be worried about his status, his position, how people will view him, and then he takes the step. And he has got nothing to be concerned about. His mind is clear, there's no markings on his heart, so he'll take an immediate, immediate, instinctively, instinctively he'll take a step. So he says that, I've read this kitab, and I've seen this is the type of people that follow the Anbiya. And on that occasion, the verse was revealed, مَا أَمْوَالُكُمْ وَلَا أُولَادُكُمْ بِالَّتِي تُقَرِّبُكُمْ عِنْدَنَا سُلْفًا إِلَّا مَنْ آمَنَ وَعَمِلَ الصَّالِحًا People's reasoning go in all different directions. Every person got a mind of his own reasons according to his mind. People generally feel that, well, if I am wealthy, I've got some status, I've got affluence, and I'm secure here, then I'll be secure there as well. That's how they feel. And I've got wealth, I've got recognition, I've got a following. Then if I'm well off and I'm well to do here, then I'll be well off there as well. Allah Pak rejects this. This belief, this type of thinking, It's not your wealth, children following, that will bring you the closeness to Allah Ta'ala. So if you want the closeness of Allah Ta'ala, then it's a different thing altogether. This is not the yardstick, it's not the gauge to see acceptance, it's not the yardstick, it's not the gauge to see acceptance and proximity. If this was the yardstick and the gauge to see proximity and closeness to Allah Ta'ala, then in this day, the majority of the wealth, or the people that control the wealth, is the kafir. If you go and see the relics of Firaun in Egypt, just the footrest, just the footrest now as it stands, just the footstep is made of pure gold, 200 Kilos of pure gold. That was the footstep of Firaun. Allah speaks about him. Person leading to Jahannam. And how he ended, we just took him. Like how we take a bunch of flies and flung him into the ocean. See what was there. So this is not the yardstick. It's not the gauge to see prosperity. It's not the gauge to see closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you want to see the closeness of Allah ta'ala, then how do you see? So that proximity is for those who believe and do righteous works. So they will have a multiplied reward. The minimum starting for one deed, your Reward is multiplied tenfold. When Ja'abil Hasanati, Falahu Ashwam Salia, 
for the smallest of good deeds that you will do, then it's multiplied tenfold. But obviously, the, the condition for acceptance is iman. Iman, you need to have. Without that, that deed doesn't mean anything. It doesn't have any weight, and it doesn't have any effect. It becomes effective with iman. <coughs> so iman comes... The iman strengthens with recognition. One is just the iman that we have inherited, and one is the strength to the iman, the strength, the power, the might to the iman. When that iman has got that strength, it's got that might, then it will drive you there. It will drive you towards righteousness, it will stop you from wrong. But that iman needs to have that type of power, that type of might. But that might in that iman comes with recognition. There's recognition now that iman has got might, it's got power. person saw a piece of paper, and he didn't think much of it, so he asked his child to go and throw it in the dirt. So a whole bundle, a whole pile of dirt, dirt and filth, whatever, he threw it there. And just a few minutes later, they told him, you know what that was, that you threw away? That was a hundred dollar bill. hundred dollar bill it was. And you know what hundred dollars? hundred dollars is now approximately two thousand rands. So you know what you threw away just now? He'll go immediately with all the filth and the dirt that's around, grab it, pull it out, clean it up, right? clean his hand, clean the thing up. He'll kiss it, put it in his pocket, put it on his head. The respect and the appreciation came with the recognition. Without the recognition, it was a piece of dirt. With the recognition now, there's a value to it. There's an appreciation. There is an attachment. There is a bond to it. So this Iman, once we get the recognition and understanding of Iman, then there is a bonding, there is a respect, there is an appreciation. But otherwise, it's just something that we inherited, so we don't attach that type of importance to it. Wherever you go in this day and time, then... We hear about stories, Muslims, and what's going on in the world, internationally, globally. And everybody got his two cents. Oh, this is the problem, he is the problem, he is the problem. This group here, if they come right, then everybody comes right. So everybody gives their two cents to show that this is the reason, this is the catalyst, and this is the solution. But the fair thing was to see what Rasulullah Paksam had to say, that what's the catalyst, what is like the kuffar in that day said, that it's wealth and it is following, that's the criteria. Person of well, what he says, that if I have to go back to my, to Allah Ta'ala, I'll find a much better repose. I'll find an ending. I'll find a place much better. Because I was favored here, then I'll be favored there as well. That's the line of reason that he's using. Like my Rabb had favored me here, then he will favor me there as well. So his favoring me is an indication that he likes me. Because he likes me, therefore he's favored me. And he's favored me here, so he'll favor me there. That's the reasoning that the normal person uses. But that's not the reason. So everybody's trying to fish out or trying to work out speculation that he is the cause, he is the person, he is the problem, he is the problem. But are we fair to Rasulullah Pax when we are giving our own two cents to the whole problem? Or is it the right thing to refer the whole thing to Rasulullah Pax put it onto his desk and inquire, all right, we have got a problem, I mean, torn, we are broken down, we are downtrodden. Wherever we go, we don't receive that level of respect and recognition. Islam is the solution, Islam is definitely true. But why we are why are we treated like this? Do we refer this to Rasulullah? So the Quran Sharif and the Hadith is replete with solutions and with answers. But the gist of the whole problem is this that we learn to imitate others. Alright, now he has done so and so business, so therefore he's prosperous. He is doing this, so therefore he's prosperous. So we will compare ourselves against any person and every person that he is doing this, and this brought him the prosperity. He is doing this, and that brought him the prosperity. Whereas, by Allah Ta'ala, everybody is not seen in the same way. Like you also will not see everybody alike. You will see and treat people differently. Because your own child, right, and he was hanging around, with a bunch of druggers, right? Your own blood, your own child. And he's 
hanging around with the druggers, right? So if initially you warn him, I don't want to see you here. And if he responds and says to you, Abba, you know, you mustn't be judgmental. I'm only sitting there for the company. Maybe one day they'll come to the masjid. So I got good niyat. So don't be judgmental. So are you going to listen to the child? You say, you listen to me if you want to stay in this house. You're big enough now, you're 17. You want to stay in this house here, you're big enough. You just listen to what I have to say. Then the long hand of the law will come out, right? Won't it come out? It'll come out. You say, my roof, my rules. My roof, my rules. That's what you'll say. Then you're going to entertain his discussion, his arguments, etc. But then if the child has to ask you, all right, but you know what? But there's a man that's drugging there, out there, you can see. And you know the person quite well. Then why don't you speak to him and why aren't you so hard towards him? So will the father be so hard to that person that's on the street? Will he be so hard? You may tell him mildly, but that's the end of the story. He will cut it off there. But he will treat his own differently. He will treat the stranger different. So a Muslim is Allah Pak's own. A believer is the property he is, belongs to Allah Ta'ala. So he's treated differently. Your small musti is not tolerated. That little bit wrong that you're doing is not tolerated. And that person, it doesn't belong to Allah Ta'ala. He's a write-off. When he's a write-off, then he's viewed and he's seen differently. Umbli lahum Allah Bak says, we just give him some respite. For a short while, give him. That he's sinning, he's transgressing, and we give him the road, we carry, let him carry on. In the kaidi mati, but the day we catch him, we apprehend him, then he will regret the day he was born. See, he's treated differently, he's treated differently. When you have pledged your allegiance to me, to la ilaha illallah, then I will see you differently. You are my own now. You are belong to me. The one that rejects all this evil, shaitan, and all the wrong cults, all the wrong beliefs, wrong behavior, whether it is intermingling, whether it is photography, whether it's interest, whether it's imitating kuffar in the West, whatever it is. So you reject all that. And you hold on, and you hold very firmly with Allah Ta'ala, with firm trust and firm faith. Then, then you have held on to a handhold that is very strong. It can't break. That handhold that you have held on to can't break. You may leave, you may let go. But that handhold that you have held on to, that never breaks. You may weaken yourself, you may let go. Handhold of Allah Ta'ala, lanfi samara, it can't break. But what is the firmness of your grip? Are you holding on firm to that? Do you have the faith? Do you have the belief? Do you have the allegiance? Do you have the confidence? Do you have the trust? If you have that, then you'll never break. But you can only break if you are weak yourself. Your grip is, is weak. And some things you are holding firm, some things you are weak, some things you are strong, some things you are weak. Hmm? You see the kuffar now, the girls are going to school, high school and university, and they're prosperous. So why my daughter must get left out? Why must my daughter get left out? You know, just two days ago, there's an old man coming to the masjid, so I was supporting him, bringing him to the masjid. So he says, you know, I will tell you one saying. This old man is about 85 or something. I asked him, Uncle, yeah, I would really appreciate it because this old man saw life. He says, they should say in the old days, you know. So what they used to say. He says, you're sending your daughter out. Decree, you'll send your decree out and she'll come back with a dikra. You'll send your darling and she'll find her own darling and she'll bring that darling into the house. Whether he's a Muslim, non-Muslim, Christian, whatever. But you saw, you began to compare yourself with that kafir. But this is how he found his prosperity. So I will do the same thing and I'll find prosperity in the same way. Whereas Allah treats you differently and treats him different. So we're not asking, we don't, don't have the heart to ask rasul to place this Christian on the desk of rasul inquire from him. Ya Rasulullah, we are in this state today. So what's the solution? There's not, not much time. Just one minute to round it up. So the solution Rasulullah is giving is that is not your numbers, is not your equipment, ma'amwalukum wala auladukum. It's not your power and your might. 
We all run after power and might. Who's got the might? Then he is right. That's how we feel. But why is right? Because he's got the might. Why is wrong? Because he doesn't have the might. Not because he's got reasoning behind him, but he doesn't have the might, so therefore he's not right. So this is all scrapped, outdated reasoning. So what's the right reasoning? Go back to Rasulullah and see what was his reasoning. So he says, you're going to be drowned trotten, you'll be eaten up, you'll be hurt from pillar to post, you'll be thrown apart. But what will be the reason? Or you're being treated like that. dunya wa karahiyatul An over-attachment to the world. To the world right? I will just see the money. I must see that money coming in. And the money will manipulate me. The money will rule my life. Money will say, go into the bank and you'll get money. Send your daughters out, you'll get money. So who's ruling your life? It's the money that is running your, running your life, not Rasulullah. Money will say, go and do this. And you will prepare to do it. Make all the sacrifices just for that money. You saw the might in the money, you recognize that. But did you recognize Rasulullah? Did you recognize your Allah Ta'ala? Did you recognize? You saw the might in the money, but you recognize the might of Allah Ta'ala. The words, the beautiful, mubarak words of Rasulullah are unfailing. Can never break, can never fail. But did you recognize that? So it's an over-attachment to world. And makarahiyatul maut and an aversion towards death, towards your ending. See, you want everything to come in perspective, then think of the end. Imagine a child that is in metric, right? Writing his final exams, and he hasn't yet come to the exams, one week or three days left. And people are rejoicing, they dancing and clubbing and celebrating. I ask you, if they give you an invite, hey, we, we, you know, it's a metric ball, and before the, you can write the exam, you know, it's two, three days, they have to work very hard. Are you going to be rejoicing at that time? Are you going to be clubbing at that time? Are you going to be dancing at that time? Because you're concerned about the end. What's going to be my end? That end means so much to you. Because you know, if I fail here, I'll be an embarrassment, I'll be a failure, I'll betray my parents. You know about that. So you recognize the end. Exactly the same if you recognize your end, where you're going to, then you're not going to be doing all these things. Here. We do all these things there because we don't recognize the end. And that end is such a serious thing. We see it before our eyes. You know, I have to explain this to youngsters, you know, sometimes elderly people. But youngsters now, they understand the concept very well. Instead of, if your friend is going for Umrah, you know, and he says, you know, uh, I'll be back in about one week. I just want to park my hearse at your place only for this week. Only one week. You can drive around if you want to. It's all right. I will accept it. That hearse doesn't mean death. But why don't you accept it? You're so averse. But if that, if the second friend comes to you and says, I want to park my Lamborghini, my Ferrari in your yard only for the one week, you can drive around if you want. Hey, open hands. So what's the reason for the discrepancy? Why? What's the reason? So the same. Rasulullah is showing this. But we don't appreciate. You know that like child, he saw that hundred no hundred dollar note, right? He didn't know what it is until he began to give recognition. So we don't realize the shortness of this life, the uncertainty of this life, the certainty of the hereafter, what is God, its glory, its beauty, its greatness, we don't understand. And because we don't understand, we don't attach that type of importance. So again, we have to come back to basics, understand that this life is temporary, it's just a deceit. And the life that is real and permanent and lasting is the hereafter. That's our grandest أشهد أن محمد رسول الله
ഹമദുലിഹ <laughs> ഹിമ لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى أكون أحب إليه من والده وولده والناس يجمعين أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام والله سبحانه وتعالى يقول وبقوله يهتدي المهتدون وإذا قرئ القرآن فاستمعوا له وأنسطوا لعلكم ترحمون بارك الله بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات وذكر الحكيم أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائل المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات عمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعص الله ورسوله فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا أما بعد فعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على سيدنا محمد وازواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ابي ابو بكر رضي الله تعالى عنه واشدهم في امر الله عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه واصدقهم حيان عثمان رضي الله تعالى عنه واقضاهم علي رضي الله تعالى عنه وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنها والحسن والحسين سيدة شباب أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنهما وحمزة وسد الله وسد رسوله رضي الله تعالى عنه اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا رضوان الله تعالى عليهم وعن كل الصحابة يجمعين 
Allah Allah fi ashabi la tattakhiduhum ghadhan min ba'di faman ahabbahum fa bi hubbi yahabbahum waman abghadhahum fa bi bughdi yabghadhahum wa khayru ummati qarni thumma alladhina yalunhum thumma alladhina yalunhum Allahumma rabbana atina fid dunya hasanah wa fil akhirati hasanah wa qina adhaban nar ibadallah rahimakumullah inna Allah ya'muru bil 'adli wal ihsani wa ita'i dhil qurba wa yanha 'anil fahsha'i wal munkari wal baghy ya'idukum la'allakum tadhakkarun qala ta'ala fadhkuruni yadhkurukum washkuruni wa la takfurun please ensure our steps are straight and all gaps have been filled and check the garments above our ankles please ensure our cell phones have been switched off those are in the gallery upstairs can please come down join the subs downstairs for salah and sisters at back can please come into the subs quickly <laughs> الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين القارعة ما القارعة وما أدراك ما القارعة يوم يكون الناس كالفراش المبثوث وتكون الجبال كالعهن المنفوش فأما من ثقلت موازينه فهو في عيشة ضاضية وأما من خفت موازينه فأمه هاوية وما أدراك ما هي نار حامية الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمدا الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين لإلاف قريش إلافهم رحلة الشتاء والصيف فليعبدوا رب هذا البيت الذي أطعمهم من جوع وآمنهم من خوف الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم انت السلام وانت السلام تبارك الله جلاله فاب اللهم انا على ذكرك وشكرك واقسم بالله اللهم لا مانع لما اعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا رضي لما اعطيت ربنا اتنا في الدنيا حسنه وفي الاخره حسنه وفي عذاب النار ربنا وبرنا حسنا اللهم اغفر لنا وتقبلنا من الخاسرين لا اله الا انت سبحانك اننا ظالمين ربنا كما ربنا صغيرا اللهم انا نسالك العفو والعافيه والمعافاه الدائمه في الدين والدنيا والاخره والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار اللهم اكفنا بخلالك عن حرامك وأغننا بذبلك من سواك اللهم انصرنا ولا تنصر علينا 
اللهم صل وسلم على المصطفين في كل مكان اللهم بارك لنا في الموت وفي ما بعد الموت اللهم انك عفو كريم رحيم تحب العفو فاعف عنا يا كريم اللهم انا نسالك من ثني ما سالك من نبيك وحبيبك وعبدك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما سالك من نبيك وحبيبك وعبدك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا انك انت التواب الرحيم وحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين بك يا